This episode is brought to you by Duncan. <laughs> Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy. They called it Sparked. <laughs> Berry burst, peach sunshine, flavors I love. Did you guys try it already? I can't say no to two kinds of flavors. One is peach and one is berry. And a medium's $3. Now through March 19th. So drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. I got a new Mint Mobile plan, so I'm going to call all of my friends. I'm going to call Bob. Hey, Bob, we're into the new year, so I thought I'd check in on those resolutions. You still on track? One of your goals is to save money. You're in luck because I know a 100% guaranteed way to make sure you accomplish it. It's really easy to do. Uh, if you want to find out about it, just come back. I'll, I'll call Wade. He usually answers. Hey, Wade, got some good news. You're not so bitter about losing so many... Sorry. Anyway, uh, if you switch to Mint Mobile for a limited time, their wireless plans are $15 a month. When you purchase a three-month plan, that's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. You know, if you want to get this new customer offer, uh, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details and call me back for more details. This is your friend, Mark. Uh, he'll call me back. Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable. This week, Warlock Wade waggishly walks his hombres down the halls of horror. Bullish Bob hates people coming in his room and gets eyeballed by his own android. Morgish Mark deftly deconstructs the art of the unknown and displays his exhaustive understanding of the subject. From iron lung and jizz trailers to bloody-fingered brain surgery... Yes, it's time for Boo. Now sit back and prepare to be distracted and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Distractable. I'm today's hostess with the mostest, Wade, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mark and Bob. Hey guys. Hello. Hi. If you guys haven't been here before, there's a show where one of the three of us gets to host, the other two compete for points, whoever gets the most, or least if at the host discretion at the end wins and hosts the next episode and in this case it's me i'm sorry i just i just saw something on the subreddit that just i was looking to see if, like oh what are the what are the people up to and I, the top post if you go to the subreddit right now yeah yeah okay i'm going to subreddit i just want you to experience this did you sort it by most recent or just default it's just i went right there just if you go to oh <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hang on. Let me get there. I'm slow for some reason. Where the hell is? There it is. <laughs> I can see why that's on top. No, I see what they did there. Yeah, I'm going to upvote that. For all the listeners fuming, we're not showing what it is, so don't worry. <laughs> we're just laughing. If you want to know, you're, you're, oh, wow, it really is. Wow. <laughs> Man, okay, that's a whole other kind of thing. If you guys want a description of what we're looking at, imagine Mark's Iron Lung trailer. Check out Iron Lung, by the way. Uh, but reimagine blood if it were, I don't know, light gray, white. <laughs> okay, it just says the title is Iron Lung, but uh, with jizz. Man. There you have it, I guess. It looks incredible, Mark. Ah, thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You should use their version. I should. You know, I was thinking of recoloring the whole movie. Um, that's that's a good idea. It's a very different movie like this. Ah, well, pretty much the same, if you think about it. 
I don't want to. No, think about it, Wade. Think about it for a minute. Uh, Segway time. Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm good. Great. You're really making this hosting a podcast episode go real smoothly, man. With small Why? talk like that, who needs enemies? Look, look. Small talk, small talk. All I have to talk about people don't like, so I'm not going to say anything. You could literally talk about your movie trailer that just came out, like, in the last few days. No, I don't wanna. Okay. Bob? You already know how I am. You have a baby. No, because we hung out this weekend. Yeah, I know, but we could talk about it. You already know. The viewers don't. The listeners don't. Well, they should have been there. Yeah, they should have been there. I think it was a private event. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we did fly with James this past weekend, and um, I, it went surprisingly well. It was only like a two-hour flight, so it was not that long, but he, fl- he done flewed. He did not enjoy the being out of his routine as much. It was kind of a long weekend, but the flying was great. He sleeps in the plane pretty good. It's fine. Yeah, that's good. You know what else we did, Wade, so. We had a baby on the plane that was, like, dead silent during the flight, and then um, we took a shuttle from the airport to, like, where we parked our car, and uh, the same baby was just so unhappy about being on the shuttle, and the mom was like, you were so good on the plane, why are you so upset now? And I, I don't know the answer to that, but baby, fly, yay, shuttle, nay. That's, that's kind of weird. I feel like the baby probably has a lot more experience in cars than on airplanes, but maybe not. I don't know. I, I have no idea as to why. There's anything I've learned about why babies cry on airplanes or public transportation. It's because they have bad parents. Oh, that is so true, bestie. That's so true, <laughs> and I stand by your words. Your brave, brave words. Uh, Rido. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I was trying to be hip. I think I just stole... British English for a minute. I don't even know what you said. Righto, chaps. Ah, Cheerio. Okay, all right. Pip, pip. Uh, so I do have something that's completely unrelated to literally anything else I've talked about. You guys know how I've flown a lot this year, right? Sure. No. I've never ever crossed this thresh. Oh, God, this freaking light. I don't know. I, I don't for know. For the what listeners, this... Mark's light just turned itself off for like the dozenth time today. I don't know why. And here it is again. It just turns on and off. I don't get it. I can't. I'm not even like connected to it in the app. I, I've unplugged it, turned it back on, reset it. It still just like turns off every once in a while and then turns back on. Anyway, not the point. So you guys know how I've flown a lot this year, right? Sure. No. All right. Well, I've flown a lot this year. Oh, okay. Go on. Because I've had to go back and forth between like Austin and LA and I went to Korea twice now. And then I was just flying around the country. I was in New York and I was just like, just got back. I've never approached this before, but I'm very close to getting diamond status in my airline reward system. For non-flyers out there, that's a lot of flying. What, what does that get you? What does I that don't know. You? Do I get like, ex- like, I know when you get called up, you, the diamond medallion. You get to really bore the plane first yeah they get called up with like the military members or something like it's equivalent levels of service you know the guy gets on the microphone is like sure we're gonna be in boarding with our uh diamond sky miles members and an old lady in a wheelchair is like you know i get it on it takes me 45 minutes <laughs> no no this is for diamond sky miles members nobody else has breathed the air on this plane yet this is the privilege they get the only other thing i know is there's apparently a lounge oh do you get to go to the secret club and when you're on the plane they say thank you 
For my service. No, for your status. Oh. Your diamond medallion status. For your dollars. I don't know. It's just, it's a very strange thing because I've never, it's like a gamification because I've never been this close. But now that I'm, I'm, I'm still like four flights away from oh. getting there. Oh, that's easy. But I'm just like, oh man, what happens if I do? Do I get like, do I turn <laughs> into a diamond? Do I get diamond armor? Do, do I do get, you a- get a diamond play button or something? <laughs> yeah, what do I get? Do I get on the diamond plane? What? <laughs> When you get on, the captain gives you some wings like you're a five-year-old, <laughs> but they're diamond. No, the the pilot comes on and be like, hey, I heard you hit diamond. Why don't you pop on my lap while I take this bad boy into the air? Get you a front row seat. Who's a big boy? Come on, hop up. Okay, here we go. I found it. There is a long list of things that you get as a diamond medallion member. Really? Wave fees for bags and ticket changes. You get priority when you're trying to upgrade Whoa. to either Comfort Plus or First Class. Ooh, complimentary Clear Plus membership to go through Clear instead of like TSA PreCheck or whatever. Really? Uh, apparently. Highest priority among medallion members, board immediately. Uh, Sky Priority suite of services, including check-in, priority security, airline access, and expedited baggage service. And you get a, there's a choice thing. I don't know how this works, but there's a whole list of things where you can either choose up to eight regional or a combination of two global, four regional upgrade certificates. Uh, express statement, $500 card to your Sky Miles reserve I don't even know what the hell all that means. Delta Sky Club Executive Membership. Yeah, that's the secret club! Mark, we gotta fly somewhere together so I can come with you into the secret club. Travel vouchers, bonus miles. Damn. The the only one I even remotely care about is the the Delta Sky Lounge or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know, the clear. Getting clear is pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad, but if you just lie to them, you can get a free two-week trial and just use it and then cancel your credit card and it's fine. Uh, But also... I just want to go in the secret club so bad. Well, we so when we did the tour in Australia, you remember we we had our like guy, our Australian guy who was like running the tour for us, flies like everywhere all the time, so he had super platinum diamond status or whatever, mm-hmm. and he got us into their secret club where they just had food and drinks and stuff. Was I? I don't remember that at all. Was I there for that? Oh, maybe you weren't allowed in the secret club. Maybe it was only for the cool kids. I don't know. Yeah, you didn't get into the club. Listen, when I get diamond and I'm able to take like, was it one guest I can bring in? I'll let you guys fight for it. Well, whoever wins that episode of Distractable that week, I'll let in, so the stakes will be very high. It'll actually matter. It'll be really awkward if you choose one of us and Amy's also with. (laughs) 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 You meet meet me at LAX, and and Amy's like, why is Bob here? And you're like, oh, well, he just flew out here to fly back with us so he could use my diamond guest pass status. Amy's like, but I was gonna, no, Oh, no, go to the gate. Try winning an episode, nerd. I don't recall you winning an episode of a prestigious <laughs> podcast. Anyway, that's the that's the newest thing. Also, it dropped a trailer, but it, it is whatever. The, uh, the diamond thing? Way cooler. You were right to bring that up first and primarily. I don't know. The Jizz trailer's something. Yep, it's good. That's, that's straight from my channel. The Jizz cut, as we call it. Instead of the, the Snyder cut, you get the jizz cut. You know, you kept for months, you've been talking about the jizz cut, and I was like, how could you get cut by that? But it makes sense now. I, I thought maybe you made like a frozen jizz blade or something, but no, this mm. makes way more sense. Is it part of the sequel, Iron Balls? Oh, absolutely. I hope I'm not spoiling anything like I did in space this time. I, I apologize if I did. Uh, you don't 
don't know anything, which is why I haven't told you anything. So that's what I didn't then either. You just thought I did. He's told me a lot. He's specifically avoiding just you. I've seen I've seen 80 percent of the movie at this point. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Hey, look, Wade has more foam up. I do. I have one more layer. It's not done, though, so I don't know what you're bragging about. You brought it up. What do you mean? <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up so I could cut you down with it. Look, Wade has more foam up. I do, but not all of it. So what? Shut the fuck up, Wade. Okay. Yeah, so it's still stupid. Suck it. It's better. Honestly, it is better, but it's still the white line at the bottom is just very disappointing. No, I like it. I like it. This kind of breaks up the, if it was all just one He's color. He's lying to you. No, I like it. And also, you don't need to cover all your walls. We've talked about this before. Well, only one shows up on camera. That three quarters of an inch thick Amazon foam does not deaden sound very much anyway. It's aesthetic. We mm. all know it's aesthetic. It's like... Thicker than that. Unless I've got real baby hands. You're basically in an anechoic chamber. Never mind. You make me feel inadequate, Bob. That's why we would never work. I think your foam is fine, Wade. Thank I don't know you. why Bob is trying to tear you down. You put it up and you... you I don't know. We hung out and had a great time. I don't know what happened. I'm starting my villain arc, okay? I'm trying to tear Wade down with the thing that I know he cares most about in this world. Right, right. Now that I've had my redemption arc and I am the hero of the sub read it now I, I i see where this is going yes by the time i finish hand washing every panel and drying it i will care more about my foam than anything else on this planet but alas today's episode is not about foam or me or even jizz thank god though maybe that latter plays a part in a lot of the things we will be talking about uh but we are in october and we're approaching halloween and i thought maybe we should discuss something on the halloween themage as we get close I wanted to go over horror in general. What makes something scary? What are some of the best horror games, horror movies, horror shows, and what makes them the best? And I've got some ideas and some stuff written out as well, but I want to get your guys' opinions on it. And I've also got a fun little, I think it's fun, little thing to add in at some point. We can kind of start wherever you all want to with that. This is not going to be like a you go, you go. This is really just a discussion. So kind of, however we feel like talking about it, the First horror things that come to mind. Let's name some things, get a list going, kind of figure out what we think ties them together and makes them great. Wait, you know, Bob has his hand up, but just remember, he's just trying to cut you down. Oh, okay. That being said, Bob, uh, what's up? Uh, first of all, terrible topic. I hate it. Uh, second of all, <laughs> I want to start this whole thing. Well, I'm, I am going to engage with this topic, but um, I'm not, I'm not a horror person. I don't like scary stuff in general. I find a lot of things in the real world to be scary enough that I don't need extra scares. So basically for me, the criterion is if something is advertised as being scary, I'm just going to be scared if I watch it and or play it. It doesn't matter if it's like the dumbest thing ever. Although I will say there was one movie that was, I think, supposed to be scary that didn't get me at all. But what was it? Uh, well, What was that called? It was the, the like sequel of The Shining, Dr. Sleep. So that was called. Okay. Well, even if we, if we talk about something that's not scary that's supposed to be, we can try to figure out why it's not. I mean, that's on the same lines. If we can rule stuff out. I thought, I mean, I like, I actually do like The Shining and I find it very scary and intense. And so I thought Dr. Sleep, it, it's like a, it was supposed to be like a sequel, right? Or like a subsequent. I don't even remember what Dr. Sleep is. I think it was like the kid from The Shining. Yeah, it is. All grown up living in a small town in, in the in the northeast or something in Rhode Island or somewhere small. But he still has the shine, right? He still like does that. And there was lore about him having a past where he captured haunted haunt, haunting creatures in a box and stuff. 
but like he's the one who like talks with his pinky or whatever in the movie's like Tony's not here or Danny's not here Mrs. Torrance yeah that guy but he's adult I've not read the book I know the book is probably even better than the movie the movie's fantastic but... I was prepared to absolutely shit my pants at that and I thought it was tremendously unscary which I thought was just weird because it's supposed to follow The Shining which I think is a very classic and iconic scary film but yeah like if any other than that one movie if something's supposed to be scary i'll probably be scared even if it's ridiculous and terrible so i'm not i'm not a good test audience for this but i'm happy to talk about it you've got some experience we've done multiplayer horror games and other stuff like that so you still have experience in it i it's hard to define what is scary this is like why a lot of projects out there are exactly i wanted to start with a list of things we find scary that we can try to find similarities Okay, okay. I would say it's hard. It's hard nowadays because I've played so many scary games that I, I honestly have a tough time defining what is scary. And it usually breaks down to like scary moments in games that I find to be uh, pretty horrifying um, or in movies that I find to be pretty horrifying. I'm trying to even remember what's the last horror movie I watched, which is. Oh, okay. So I, I actually watched Hereditary um, after we were done filming Iron Lung. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, yeah, I should watch some horror movies. So I watched Hereditary. And there was a few things in there that I like really liked. There were some things that I like were okay. I'm not saying it's a bad movie in any way. I think it was like uh, a very interesting horror movie. Of the of the things in that movie, I think the ending was very unscary, except for one moment. Like like you guys know what I'm talking about. Have you seen it? I have not. So everyone out there, by the way, spoilers alert because there's gonna be a lot of spoilers about different movies and books and things here. So just be ready for that. But uh, no, what what is Hereditary about? Okay, Hereditary. Well, it's hard to exactly say what it's about. So it's a, it's a very convoluted subject. It's about this family that's trying to like bring into the world some kind of demon that uh, this whole cult has been trying to like reincarnate in a body this whole time time and yada yada there's a whole that's the whole basic plot of it is like this family unwittingly serving this cult to bring it out um but there there is one moment that i think a lot of people know there about that is either really scary or really funny depending on what your perspective is and this is what okay. i say a lot about horror is like horror and comedy are very close to each other one they're both surprises usually one is harmless one is harmful you know it's like it's like it's your your brain wants to evaluate a threat and if it's evaluate something as a threat then it, it like kicks you into fear mode and if it doesn't it's like oh it's almost comic relief there's a moment towards the end where there's just like it's it's i forget if the camera is like slowly panning across but there's this dude that's just like in the doorway <laughs> naked naked but naked uh show us and he's like got a beam of light right here and he's like <laughs> okay. and like i think anyone who's seen that movie knows what i'm talking about that's not exactly a spoiler but it's like I i'm having a hard time envisioning it can you do a, a real to yeah, life a real demonstration yeah let me drop trial right now all right everyone go to spotify right now <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people watch an episode ever it's so it's such an interesting moment because it is funny to me but also it is unsettling it's both at the same time uh i think that a lot of people probably walked away because just like just like the fucking confidence to have that shot so prominent only like hereditary uh smiling naked guy um there's probably a picture of him yeah it's something about number one the lighting is very very creepy the way he is like framed up in the doorway just in the darkness is just like i hate that i'm googling this but i'm googling this. oh oh yeah it's scary right but also hilarious it's like at first you're like what the what the what the f 
it just makes you go, what the fuck? He look, kind of looks like Ronald Reagan and Orville Redenbacher had a child. It, it looks like, like the, he, I think he means the anime, the like drawing rendering of Orville Redenbacher on, on the, the packaging boxes. of the popcorn. Ah, I see. I see. But I, he looks like he, he just said uh, Pepperidge Farm remembers. You're right. That actually is an app description. <laughs> it is terrifying, but it is like, it is funny. You're right. It's, it is both. It's so weird. And I think Hereditary like is a good example. There are many very scary moments. I love how what they did with like hiding things in the darkness and not like emphasizing it with a jump scare or something like that. It's something you discover. And I think that's a lot of things that that horror movie does better than others in terms of instead of like shoving it in your face, let people notice the thing because that is a scarier experience, even if most people might miss it. If people do see it, they're they're instinctual like brain is going to just like kick him in over being like is that a threat and i think that's what makes like hereditary is a, a scary movie and there are some scenes you could pick it apart of being like scarier than others but overall it's a pretty horrifying experience led by really great acting so i'd say like that that's probably like i, I would say that's a pretty scary movie i like that okay i'm just googling still frames from that movie and i'm having a strong urge to look over my shoulder i don't like it that's uh, that means it's being somewhat successful if just still images are making you do that. That would definitely be a thing. If I if I was going to say something about horror that I liked, just without having seen that movie, just from the stills and from what you're describing, Mark, being willing to put something out there that's not just like a loud jump scare moment where it's like someone could see that and think, oh, well, that's not that scary or see it and think it's funny or just like confusing or whatever. I think that is good horror to me because it's, it's not just like, boo, gotcha. It's like, off-putting and as those moments accumulate over the course of a good story like the more off-put you get the more you're like uneasy in a way that's harder to put your finger on and then you'll have more reaction to the scary moments that happen because i'm sure that movie has jump scares of some or you know someone gets killed or whatever it's about like summoning a demon sort like i'm sure they they go through the tropes of what happens when you do that it just like at the still frame is kind of like oh weird (laughs) but i could totally see how if that if that just showed up for a couple frames in a movie you'd kind and you saw it you would be like what huh it would be unsettling and it's great because it's like the pacing i think is good because it accelerates the unsettling and it it kind of like it doesn't provide a lot of rules for its uh universe i'm not exactly sure why they have to be naked but they sure are um but i think i think if i remember (laughs) about some of the behind the scenes was like yeah originally we had all these like robes and stuff and we kind of made a last minute decision which is a crazy thing to ask all of your cast you know (laughs) to last minute be like how about instead we just have them all be naked yeah you guys don't mind right go ahead i will say the like flowy robe aesthetic in scary movies is super done that's not scary because you see that as like a cliche of a thing that's supposed to be scary a fully nude person in an unexpected place doing something that's really off-putting or terrifying kind of like a new fresh take on the like weird look at the human form that you're not really supposed to see in a general setting type of thing. Because you never see a fully naked person like like hanging from the ceiling or do or like murdering someone else. You're usually wearing clothes. Usually yeah. flowy ghost robes or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's that's my contribution for something at least recent. I think you both contributed. Bob, you also mentioned um, No, he didn't mention anything. I don't remember him saying anything. I worth. contributed a lot, at least as much as Mark, probably more. He tried to knock you down. I mean Mark brought up the whole topic, so obviously points. But I was gonna say you both contributed, but okay. Thank you, thank you. So for me, one of the first things I thought of whenever I was thinking of this topic was the first alien movie. I've been replaying Alien Isolation recently, and Alien Isolation on replay, I was like, I've played through it, 
I remember it being a really cool game. I doubt I'll find it really as scary the second time. And I have surprisingly been mistaken. It has gotten me like worked up, nervous, like, oh God. Like, even though I remember a lot of the big hits as to what's to come, there's still like small moments I've forgotten over the last like eight years, whatever it's been. Um, And it's been a fresh, fun take almost again, even though I've already done it. But the first Alien movie, whenever you have no idea what's happening, just all of a sudden, like we're introduced to like strange things going on. And then if I remember right, the first introduction of the aliens in that movie isn't even like a xenomorph it's a chest burster right it's one of the little crawly doodads unless you count all the unless you count the that's the chest burster right little crawly face huggers yeah but i meant before it actually it it does do they show us the one on the face first they might they probably do oh yeah because that's what leads to the yeah so you get the face hugger first then you get the chest burst i don't even think you see an actual like alien alien until like the end but the whole time you have no idea what it is going on what it is even if you know alien it's like okay alien doesn't tell me anything like what is it what does it want how do you stop it what is it doing like there's just so many questions as to what's going on i think that's a key element of horror to me is not having any idea as to what's happening or why it's happening like we don't know anything about this creature or monster we don't even know really what it looks like and you don't know why it's doing what it's doing and i think that is a lot scarier than when you do you look at the sequel and the sequel is like much more of an action movie it's not necessarily a bad movie, but it's an action movie more than a horror movie because we know about xenomorphs and stuff. We know why the eggs are opening. Like we have the tension and anxiety of like seeing that happen, mm-hmm. but the scary like what is happening is gone because we know that from the first movie. And even all throughout the first movie, there's just so much tension dealing with only one of these things because we know nothing about it, even what it looks like or what it can do. Mm-hmm. And we're introduced to those things as the movie goes on. And I think like you just touched on the idea of horror in general is just mostly it almost all stems from the fear of the unknown. It's either like unknown that there's a monster or whatever's in the darkness or it's like unknown outcomes to decisions can be very scary. You don't know what your actions are going to spill into. And I think like a lot of horror, a lot of horror comes from like the unknown, even though there's a whole other side of story where you do know what it is. And that's even worse sometimes is like, you know what's coming after you you know you're not going to survive or you know you're in danger like those the certainty can be just as scary but most of it stems from this fear of the unknown of like you don't fully understand what it can do and your brain is like kicked into overdrive to try to understand it your brain needs to solve the threat because that's the only way it can evaluate it and so a lot of it comes from that i think I think you also need to have like real stakes for the characters. When you watch like a prequel of something and you know a character survives, you're not as worried for them as the movie goes on. Whereas if the first time viewing something or like watching things in like an order that doesn't have a prequel, I'm not saying prequels are always bad, but a horror movie prequel where they have a character that you know survives, you don't have that same anxiety and tension around them because you're like, well, I know they make it. Maybe it's scary and scares me and whatever along the way, but I know they make it and that removes some of that element. Because yeah, like you said, it's all it's all unknown. The unknown makes things scary. As soon as it's known, it's like, okay. Other things that came to mind for me, uh, I don't know if any game has scared me as much as the original Outlast did. I played through Amnesia, I played through Soma, I played through Outlast. Uh, The first FNAF I thought was pretty scary, but again, it's more jump scare and anxiety for like the jump scares coming, I think, than like Hmm. setting. There's just the buildup of like, oh shit, I didn't get the door closed or my powers out, whatever. But Outlast, there's something about the claustrophobia of being locked inside. And then you've got a mixture of characters that all look kind of similar that are like the different inmates and you don't know which ones are going to come after you and which ones are like just doing their thing. And there's just so much like, I don't know, and being stuck inside. There's something to me about being stuck inside that also adds something. Because Outlast 2 is also scary, but you're outside. And to me, it's like, 
Oh, God, okay, at least we're outside. I could run through the grass, which you can't do, but in theory, you could. Your brain tells you you can. Definitely one of the games that comes to mind. And the other ones I mentioned, Soma, uh, Amnesia, Until Dawn, the first Until Dawn. But have you played The Bunker? The Bunker. Amnesia, The Bunker? I have not. Look, I, I, I know, like, Amnesia, The Dark Descent wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but Amnesia, The Bunker is one of the first games in a very long time that terrified me. Really? It's just a very distilled experience of amnesia boiled down to um, the most harrowing cat and mouse game you could probably play. It does like any every other horror game after the initial phase of scare. And once you figure out like, OK, it's just a monster that's programmed and I can figure out ways around it. The first few hours of that game, or at least the first hour or two of that game, that horrified me. I and I've played a lot of horror games in my day, but it's just like that one. For some reason, it's a sound design. It's hearing it crawl on the walls, knowing that you're not safe ever like when I, you have this safe room in the game, this is a bit of a spoiler, but you have a safe room in the game. Let me just tell you straight up, it's not safe. You think that it's safe and it's so beautiful a moment when you go in that safe room and you think that, okay, at least I can get here. And then later in the game, you realize, and I won't tell you how, but you realize that place is not safe. You are not safe anywhere from this thing. What you thought was your home base is a lie. And it's just like all of these layers of the way that they kind of like get you. And it's not a long game. It's a very contained experience. It probably, it took me like, I don't know, like five hours to complete it. Um, but yeah, it's okay. just such a smooth, beautiful experience. Outlast is good. And like, I didn't find it as scary as maybe you did, but it's like, it's definitely a horror game. Very gore. I could literally only record it. I was doing 15 minute episodes at the time and I could record it. I was watch. I literally was watching the clock the whole time, waiting for the 15 <laughs> minutes to be up so I could stop. And then I would have to do something for an hour before I could like go to bed or record more. Cause like my heart was pounding so hard. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I did not like horror stuff. Like I was in the Bob department of like scary game. Um, don't really want to do it. But for some reason I started, I think it was because I was like emulating you to some extent. Cause I was like, I didn't, I don't know how to be a content creator. Mark's doing scary games. I guess I'll try those. Cause like outside of like the typical, like, I don't know, Call of Duties and Twisted Metals and Diablo too. It's like, I didn't play that many different games. I don't know. I was trying to figure it all out and figure out what, who I was as a content creator. So stupidly tried following your footsteps to some extent and was like, this sucks. This really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so your channel's just copycat of Mark. Got it. Thank yep. you. That explains all the episodes of Settlers of Catan. <laughs> yeah, he just deleted those. <laughs> you can find them. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. I got a new Mint Mobile plan, so I'm going to call all of my friends. I'm going to call Bob. Hey, Bob, we're into the new year, so I thought I'd check in on those resolutions. You still on track? One of your goals is to save money. You're in luck because I know a 100% guaranteed way to make sure you accomplish it. It's really easy to do. Uh, if you want to find out about it, just come back. I'll, I'll call Wade. He usually answers. Hey, Wade. Got some good news. You're not so bitter about losing so many episodes, are you? Anyway, uh, if you switch to Mint Mobile for a limited time, their wireless plans are $15 a month. When you purchase a three-month plan, that's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. You know, if you want to get this new customer offer, uh, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Min Mobile for details and call me back for more details. This is your friend, Mark. Uh, he'll call me back. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. <laughs> Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy. They called it Sparked. 
<laughs> Berry burst, peach sunshine, flavors I yeah. love. Did you guys try it already? I can't say no to two kinds of flavors. One is peach and one is berry. And a medium's $3. Now through March 19th. So drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Square Enix. From Square Enix comes Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I played a ton of Final Fantasy VII when I was a kid. It was one of the first games that I actually 100%ed. I didn't. But anyway, the new standalone remake in the critically acclaimed series follows Cloud in the pursuit of his iconic antagonist, Sephiroth. Forge bonds with iconic characters in and out of combat, including Tifa, Barrett, and Aerith. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, out February 29th, exclusively on the Sony PlayStation 5. Listen, I got stuff that's scary. Okay. okay. Uh, th- something that gets me, this is more like, um, this is another probably like cliche, honestly. But like, so, so one of the scary movies that actually still scares me, but I like it as uh, the franchise is Paranormal Activity. And not because okay. they are particularly good as a whole collection, but because on like one of our, fr- I think it was our first Valentine's Day or second Valentine's Day, Mandy and I watched Paranormal Activity together. Uh, and I, I made a whole stink about it because I was like, I don't do scary movies. It's too scary. Uh, but that, it's like a thing in our relationship, the Paranormal Activity franchise. And so, but the thing, and they do this in those movies a fair amount, but this is a trope in a lot of scary stuff. Inanimate objects and not like, oh, it's possessed or something. But like in, I, I think it was in the first one or the second one, there's a pool cleaner. It's one of those automatic pool cleaners where it like it has a suction hose and it just goes like and like clean hops around the pool and cleans it. And at at a couple different moments, like pivotal moments in the movie, it gets taken out of the pool and it's like a bait, right? Because the one of the characters sees it and is like, that's it, that's supposed to be in the pool, and goes out to the pool and is like, I'll put you back in. Splash. And it's like that sort of thing where inanimate objects are tools or traps or just like get messed with, but are not in themselves dangerous. I hate because I see that sort of shit in everyday life and it makes me lose my mind. We, I talked about our vacuum that we got recently. It's like one of those Roomba style vacuums where it vacuums by itself. It keeps turning on at four in the morning. It's not scheduled to turn on at four in the morning, but it keeps turning on at four in the morning. And I swear to God, it looks at me. It's docked in our bedroom along the wall. And I swear to God, it turns on and it goes and pulls out of the dock. And it just does like a little calibration, but it looks right at where I lay in the bed as part of that. It goes and then goes it it looks at me and when that happens at four in the morning when you just fell asleep at 3 30 because you had a cry baby all night it's scary and i don't like it but like that sort of stuff happens in real life and it's just yeah. a coincidence in regular life but when it, when it happens in movies then after i watch that movie or whatever every time something happens i'm like who did that oh shit it's here that's a trap i'm not gonna fix that it's a trap it wants me to fix it (laughs) no i think that's good i think you and mark both brought kind of brought up a similar point there mark with the safety room and then you with that Uh, it reminds me of an episode of are you afraid of the dark which was a like a scary kids show on nickelodeon back in the 90s for those of Mm -hmm. you out there that don't know there was an episode about i think it was like a high school that was built on like a native american burial ground or one of those tropes and the pool was like haunted people would go swimming in this pool like a, a high school pool with like the different little lanes and stuff like swimmers and they'd catch smallpox i don't think they did 
Uh, uh, they didn't live long enough because there was a goopy, horrible pool monster that would come up and like grab them and pull them under. Oh, that's way worse. We had a pool at that time in my life. We had a swimming pool. My mom <laughs> was like, yeah, don't swim in that whenever I'm not home. But of course, my friends and I were like, dude, we're going to go swimming. However, after seeing that, dude, I didn't even if I had a friend and my mom, I was like, dude, I need like four other people here to watch me swim because like if that thing grabs me, I need a whole fucking village to pull me out. And it scared the shit out of me because the pool was a safe place. I never had any reason to be afraid of the pool. And when safety like a safe room or a pool or a vacuum or whatever, when that shit's turned against you. It's like something you didn't even contemplate could be dangerous. Now, all of a sudden is like, oh, fuck. Yeah, but that that's just my pool. That's just my, my safe spot. That's like it's awful. It's awful. That's the other thing about horror that I love is some people think like it's super complicated. You got to do something incredibly convoluted to scare people nowadays. It really isn't. I can go swimming in my pool and I'll swim and me, a 34 year old adult man can be swimming and in an instant, I'll be like, I think a shark got in this pool. I got to get out of here. And I'll be clambering over the sides as fast as I can. It doesn't matter the logic. It's, I think a shark snuck in. In the instant that I got in the pool, I checked. And I looked around. A door opened in the bottom and went, and a shark flew into the pool because that's what they do they fly they fly in and i'm dead uh -huh. and if i don't get out in two seconds i'm eaten and that's how easy it is people listening at home i could yeah. tell you there's someone standing behind you you didn't notice him at first when you came into your room you didn't check every corner there is someone standing there looking at you and if you turn around they're really gonna be pissed so don't do that no matter what you can it's okay though they're in flowing clothes not naked oh they're naked oh they're so naked never mind you're fucked and they're smiling oh their smile is growing bigger because they're listening to the episode at the same time as you are and they know exactly what they're saying they know you know they're there they're waiting for the moment for you to turn around and anyway that probably scared a bunch of people out there not everyone but it probably did talking about what's scary in pools not imaginary sharks is one thing have you ever had a leaf on the surface of a pool get stuck up onto your skin with water surface tension and then stick to your shoulder and you couldn't figure out what's touching you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no that, so like leaves, so. leaves float on pools sometimes, right? They'll float until they sink. If you like swim up under a leaf and like stand up in the right way, it'll go from floating on the water to like being on your skin. And it feels like something like is just tickling your shoulder. And you're like, oh. Oh, but you can't see it because it's a leaf on your shoulder. It's it's scary. It's scarier than it sounds. I had a, uh, a frog or a toad dive in the pool, and I was like diving to pick stuff up, like at the bottom of like little rings or something. And I remember like looking up, and I just saw something like coming at me, <laughs> and I couldn't tell like how far it was, how big it was. It just freaked me the fuck out. And then I swam up, and it was just like little frog just like chilling <laughs> but I, that scared the shit out of me I, I if i've ever had a leaf stuck to me i think i figured it out quickly enough where it didn't freak me out too much oh dude a scary thing happened last night all right so this has happened a couple times in my life but specifically last night we were in a hotel um we just got back from traveling today last night at like 11 30 p.m which isn't too late but we have a baby so he was already asleep for a couple hours at this point at 11 30 p.m some like kids some like middle school kids were staying in the hotel, I think, but they just slammed our door. Like we were staying in a hotel. Oh. The door was locked with all the extra security locks. And then we're just sitting, Mandy and I were sort of laying in bed, like talking, kind of falling asleep. And it was just like, slam, 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 tap, 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 tap. And like, I heard 
feet footsteps running away, right? Like, I know that a human did it. But that shit has happened to me multiple times. How many people slam doors in hotels? Am I just really unlucky? That's never happened to me. It was scary. I've heard, I've had noisy people in a hotel, but I don't think they've ever slammed into my door. I will say, I don't know if this worked or not. We didn't know if it would, but we did try to prank you two nights ago. We, we got back from, uh, we went to a wedding. We all went to a wedding together and uh, we got back from the wedding. And I guess there was another wedding that same night. Another wedding party was staying in our hotel. The manager of the hotel we were staying at was like a fan of this podcast. Shout out to you if you're watching. Uh, and one of the wedding groups had extra flowers and they were like, we don't have anything to do with this. I can't take them back to my fiance because yada, yada, yada. So here, have some flowers. So you guys smashed the flowers in front of our door and scrawled out, you're going to die in the dirt that spilled? Uh, no, that was someone else <laughs> that did all that. But we did bring <laughs> them up and we took an empty uh, cardboard container and I, 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 one of our friends wrote the word flowers on it and put it on top of the flowers and we just set them gently in front of your door i didn't knock i didn't touch your door i just set them there and i was like either someone will clean this up before they get to see it or they'll just be like who the hell sent us flowers it was a really harmless prank in theory but i don't know if you ever even got to see them no we did they were fine no no one bit on the you're gonna die a bit but that's fine well i know i didn't do it so i wasn't gonna let you wait so did you guys but this is uh, this actually did happen did you guys tell them that we wanted um like room cleaning service early the next morning or is that unrelated because we no, that morning they, did you have a thing on your door because i think they just do that if you don't have a thing on your door i we had the do not disturb out because i hate when people come in my hotel room and at 7.45 in the morning, our phone rang, and it was the front desk, and they were like, uh, did you order early room cleaning today? No, we did not and do I was that like, to you. No, and, and then she was like, also, they said you have flowers in front of your door, click. We left the flowers, we didn't say a word to anybody. Knowing that you have a baby, we were not about to fuck with your, like, sleep, so no. There was no knocking, we simply put the cardboard word with flowers and just set it down in front of your door, and I was like, either they'll take it and clean it, or they'll get to see it just be confused. Ha ha, harmless prank. Did nothing else. That hotel was haunted as shit, man. That was a bad hotel. I don't know how much time, and I don't have anything to relate with um, the story, but I, I just remembered a dream I had the other night, and I want to talk about it, because you guys know I have nightmares a lot, and this is just a common thing. A lot of people probably know out there. But I went a stint without him for a while there. I think I was just so exhausted every night. I was barely dreaming anyway. Um, But I had this dream where I wasn't in the dream first-person perspective in my own body. I was watching a video that was recorded of these events that I was in, and I could see myself, but it was like I wasn't watching past events. They were occurring real time. Very confusing. So anyway, I was in the video that I was watching, which was just to imagine, like, I'm not even, like, looking on a tablet. It's just full screen in my brain playing, but I'm from the camera's perspective. And I see myself running around doing something. I don't know. We were in, a, like, a house or something recording something. And there was this lady that was recording that I did not know. She was blonde and she had extremely, like, thick curly hair. Looked exactly like ramen noodles, you know, like uncooked ramen noodles. Like, blah, 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 blah. As hair does. More ramen than hair. Uh, anyway, so we're running around and then I slip and fall. I see myself slip and fall in the video and I smash the back of my head into a table and I am like in pain in a way that I know I'm in pain, but I'm not in pain, if that makes sense. But I'm seeing and I'm like, oh, guys, stop recording, stop recording. And this lady just like gets closer and closer with the camera and like zooms in and I can see like the back of my head is bleeding and the like the skull is cracked open. I can see the inside of my head and she's just like still filming and I'm telling her like, you got to stop recording like you gotta call a hospital or something and then not only does she do that she starts peeling away pieces of the back of my head like the skin 
flaps, just ripping them off. Um, and I can feel it. I'm like, ah, fucking stop that. Rips more, rips more until my brain is exposed. Reaches in with the camera right here, pulls out what looks like this, like about, I don't know, three inches long, a gray veiny sack of something. It looks like she literally just took some of my gray matter right out of my brain and pulled it out. And when she did that, when it was like, it was like, and then snap, I woke up. And I've been Ooh. having this thing where when I wake up from a nightmare, if I look into, say, a sliver of light through the door, I'll see letters and numbers suddenly go flying by at, like, maximum speed. I want to know if anyone else has that phenomenon. Like, you're fully awake and you know you're awake and you see this? Yeah, or? I'm awake and I look at the light and there's just letters and numbers flying by and, like, like just a whole random assortment. The Matrix is breaking, my dude. And usually it was only in a sliver of light. When I woke up from this one and I felt like that thing snapped, my whole ceiling in the dark darkness was just covered in letters and numbers sprinting by. This is all true. I'm not bullshitting. I mean, it's not true that there were letters on my ceiling. I hate that a lot. I really dislike that very much. But I don't know what that's about, but I remembered the dream and I remembered it so specifically because at the very end of it, this lady fucking looked dead in the camera and looked right at me. That actually was my dream. And you know what I remembered? I had this exact same dream when I was a kid. I remembered it so specifically because you know that gray veiny sack that I remembered being pulled out of my head? Uh -huh. I remembered because I was scared of that as a kid. That's something my mom ate in her ramen. It's a fish's egg sack. And I remember mm. because I looked up a picture of that and it's so weird because I backtraced it to my nightmare as a kid. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That's what it, that was of my nightmare when I was a child. It was. And that's why the lady and I said she had ramen like hair is because literally it's I've never had a dream be so literal of something like from my childhood. It was this weird. If you look up like a an edible fish egg sack, you might find this gray one that's been cooked and it looks like what could be brain, but it's, it's an egg sack. Um, and she would eat that in her ramen. And that's why I had this dream and I've never had anything so, yeah, it's awful. Like it doesn't look very edible. I don't know what if I found the right thing, but hello. Hey, it looks like brain, right? In a, in uh, a way, it looks uh, like yeah, brain. Kinda. No, yeah, I yeah. Can see yeah that. it's very not pleasant. Yeah. So if, uh, for everyone listening, look it up at your own peril, but I, I literally had that dream as a kid, not the exactly the same of looking through a camera, but in a similar way of falling, cracking my head open and having someone pull a piece of my brain out. That's and I was like, oh, that's what that was. It was the ramen and the fish egg in it. Oh, OK. So anyway, yeah, that's a dream I had recently. Don't know about the numbers, though. The numbers and letters are very weird. That is a strange thing. No, that seems super bad. I'm not going to lie. And I don't <laughs> like that it escalated either. Like, that's not. Yeah, that's the thing. Having connected nightmares where there seems to be like lore building and stuff is a sure sign that you're definitely going to die as a character in a horror movie. Okay, good, good. Like, good, you're yeah. in trouble. Or you're about to kill everyone who, who you've ever known and loved. <laughs> Stop. Don't laugh like that. Were the numbers and letters like glowing? Uh, I mean, it just depends because usually I only saw them like in a, if I wake up and I'm like half asleep, if there's, a sliver, if there's a sliver of sunlight or any kind of light that I can see, there's letters in the light. This one I was looking up, I, I was lying on my back when I woke up, I looked up and it was just letters and numbers on my ceiling. Like it was, that was Were much. Were they English? 
Actually, that's the funny thing. Usually it was English, but as I was learning more and more Korean, occasionally I would notice, oh, there's a Korean letter in there. I would notice that. <laughs> that, that was a weird thing. So it's something with the linguistic part of the brain. I just don't know what. Apparently it could be, I don't know this for a fact, it could be something called a hypnopompic hallucination. Hypnopompic? That sounds awesome. It sounds like something Mark would have. <laughs> I don't know if that's pronouncing it correctly. It's H-Y-P-N-O-P-O-M-P-I-C. Mark is the very definition of hypnopompnik. Oh, yeah, that's probably like any kind of like waking nightmare, seeing shadow people. Uh, this one just I often have what I what I can only describe as geometric nightmares, which is where it's a nightmare that is not in any way tied to like visual or auditory memory. It's like shapes and weird geometries that make my head n hurt and feel really nervous. Wait, I know what you're talking about. Wait, yeah? wait, wait, wait. No, I it was not super recently, but I had I never dream like I don't ever remember my dreams. I don't really have nightmares. If I do dream, it's usually a nightmare. But like once every couple months, I'll have a dream that I remember. The yeah. last time I had a nightmare, I remember waking up and just having that like really unsettled, like had a nightmare, really unhappy, kind of freaked out. Geometric nightmare is how I would describe it. And I don't know how else to even explain what the experience was. Exactly. But I 100% like get what you're talking about. Is this a thing that other people have? Yeah. Very rarely. This has happened like twice, maybe Geometric three times nightmare. in my life. It's like, imagine, okay, you know, in 2000. I was going to make a joke about this too. I was about to just be like, I thought it was a triangle. <laughs> oh, no, that's it. But it was three line segments. It's literally, that's like shapes and graphs, but they aren't like regular or ordered. It's just like. Yeah, no, it's like surrealistic, like weird melty things. Yeah. It just, to me, it felt like, like, um, uh, like, like cross dimensional almost or something where it was like i was oh i i read I, I took it personally as like oh i'm seeing some my brain is trying to like show me things that are like from another dimension or i'm perceiving something that's like freaking me out because it's not it's not in our reality but it's in like some you know uh some uh, it's hard to i don't know but like if that's you, that's if, how it felt if you google like geometric nightmare there's some images that kind of give a vibe of what i saw in my dream there's like especially some of the top ones it's not quite like that because that's even that is like too organized for what the dream was but it's like oh kind of like that Ooh, the first one that comes up just like it, it made my whole everything shiver is it the QB green one? The the orange one. The orange one that's very like swoopy and there's like glowing sun kind of in the background. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's the one that I think is probably the closest that I would say. That is absolutely like down the right path in terms of like capturing what it's called Geometric Nightmare FX by G. Adam Orozco. Apparently it costs $4. It's a print or something, but the thing is like, I can kind of remember vibes of visuals. I couldn't tell you a specific thing because there was no specific thing. It was yeah. just a lot of specific things or a lot of unspecific things. It, it was like being slowly overwhelmed by like an emotion, but it had like geometric affiliations with it mm -hmm. where it yeah, was yeah. like, it was as it got more complex or intense that it would change. Like I felt like I was seeing something, but it wasn't It's yeah, weird. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. I'm a big dumb dummy. I love you, you big dumb dummy head. Uh, well, as a big dumb dummy, sometimes I have subscriptions that carry on a little too long. Like a few years. Okay, uh, this is starting to feel a little bit personal. Does that make me a big dumb dummy too? Oh, you big dumb dummy? I might also be... 
one of those. Even if you're a big dumb dummy like us, you don't need to be a big dumb dummy to use Rocket Money. Because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower bills. You can tap on whatever you don't like seeing. If you see big red number that you don't like, you just tap on it and they'll cancel it for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 per year. With over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash distractible. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. This episode is brought to you by Coca-Cola. New Coca-Cola Spiced. It's not spicy, but it does have unexpected, extraordinary tastes. For some people, it's like... Like falling on a meteor, fighting a bear just to land safely on the ocean on your own private island with a new best friend? It's like when you're in that hotel in Las Vegas and the gondola singer is rowing you around the canals and for that beautiful moment you forget you're not actually in Venice. It's like running into a hurricane but then you find yourself with the eye of the storm and you're actually in like a really pretty field and like the wind is lightly blowing and there's like leaves and the smell of fall. Or it's like... But, you know, I had something and it wasn't that. And you really threw me off my groove. It's like hearing your friend come up with his own idea, but then realizing that your idea is so much better, you have to say it right now. Coca-Cola Spice, it's bursting with refreshing notes from raspberry and spice flavors. It's an uplifting taste experience unlike any other. Try all new Coca-Cola Spiced and Coca-Cola Spice Zero Sugar today and find out. Copyright 2024, the Coca-Cola Company. It's interesting that you both have that because, Mark, you're not usually you. You have a vivid imagination like I do, where you can picture a red apple with a bite being taken out of it and you can smell, taste all that, whereas, Bob, you don't. So it's interesting that you both have the same kind of nightmare there. Well, I think the it's kind of like a commonality because it's very removed from anything. I wouldn't even really consider it like a visual thing. It's It was very much like what Bob was saying, like it ties into like a lot of like emotional or perceptive things um, that are not visual based. I would take any other ordinary nightmare over that experience any day because that was far more i don't know scarring's not the right word but jarring upon waking up and being like what in the fuck am i dying for i would say for me yeah it was way it wasn't like a horror movie it wasn't like a scary thing that happened it was like it was way more existential like i was like for a day or two after that i had that lingering feeling of like confusion and unsettled feelings about like what was that experience same, what am same. I feeling? I feel, like, I don't know. It was like hard to describe, but it was like looming. It was a feeling. It was a looming afterwards. I've never had a nightmare like that. All of mine are always very much like I've had third person dreams before, like Mark mentioned, where I can see myself like in it. But most of mine are first person. Sometimes I'm not me, but it's still a first person Weird. view. But I know it's not me. But I always see, hear, communicate. Like, I I have full experiences of, like, existing in whatever the reality is where I've got, like, full perceptive ability. And, like, I I don't know if this was a nightmare or not. I can't remember. But I had at least a dream not too long ago. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I woke up feeling very sad. And, like, all I could remember was, like, the name Abby. And I felt like Abby was a family member that I lost. Hmm. And the best I could relate to, like, the feelings I had were, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Star Trek episode where Picard, like, lived on a planet and like lives an entire lifetime like with a species and then like wakes up and it was none of it was real it was all just like a thing to like that the species had created so that their culture could live on it felt like that it felt like i had lived a lifetime away from myself and when i woke up i felt the loss of like some people that were important to me in that lifetime that weren't 
real. But like for three or four days afterward, I just like I kept like I had this knot in my stomach like I lost somebody I cared about. It was very strange. I don't know if it was a nightmare, but it was just one of those strange like perception things. But all of my dreams and nightmares are always like that. They've never been just of like the idea of an emotion or like vague imagery. Yeah, well, so we already did an episode called Dreams and Nightmares, so I'm not I'm not copying that, but since we're talking about it. I, they can be horror, horror related. Is it weird that I never ever in my dreams have that agency? I'm never able to talk or communicate or even most of the time I don't even really feel like I'm there. I feel like more like I'm observing, like I'm um, I'm like I am the camera, kind of like Mark was describing. To me, Yes, but in general, probably no, because like if I tell you Apple, you said like you don't visualize an Apple, you don't picture anything in your head. And there's like diagrams of people that picture a flat red like circle with a green thing. It's like, oh, okay, a really rough idea of an Apple. And then there's some people that could picture a whole Apple with a little shiny bit on it and a bite taken out and like a worm chewing through the leaf. And they have a whole like detailed imagination of an Apple. I can visualize that. I can even hear the crunch and taste an apple in my brain if I'm trying to. Oh, well, th those are the main things that I imagine when I imagine it. So don't brag about that. Okay, so you you have those parts, just not the image. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, is it is it sad now that every time a Fantasia comes up, I get a little bummed out because I realize I'm never going to be able to imagine an apple. Have you tried? I was just trying. Literally, Wade was just describing it, and I was like, I closed my eyes. It's it's a gray, vast emptiness in here. Like, aside from little sparkles of, like, light bleeding through my eyelids in a way that just, like, triggers my optic nerve in a weird way, nothing. Spoiler alert, though, if you have an apple and you go take a bite of it, that's the same thing as what I imagine. It's just like that. But that means you can eat as many apples as you want. I kind of, but it's not like a lingering, like, I feel satisfied. There's like a taste. It's more like a fleeting moment of like, oh, yeah, that's what it's like. And then I kind of lose it. I can't really hold it for long. I can hold the image, but like the other parts of it, it's hard to collectively put like me eating a whole apple like... I can't really do that. I don't really have much taste imagination, so I can't really get behind that. It's not specific, though. It's like the it's like the sweetness of it. It's almost like whenever I had COVID and I could like feel the sweetness. I can imagine different varieties of apples and how they taste. The tart, the tart bite of a Granny Smith, a Honeycrisp, and how it's like more round and sweet and really good. How a Red Delicious is like mealy and kind of gross, but sweet in like a dull way. Those are like the main things I think about, I guess, when I'm because when I when you say imagine an apple, I'm like oh. Like like a gala, like a Honeycrisp, or like a red delicious? Is this a painting apple, or am I going to eat this? Because it matters. I think I have way less in terms of, like, taste, and even, like, touch, I can't really imagine too much. Um, but visual, I think it's, like, purely in, like, visual and audio is, like, what the majority of my imagination is. Yeah, and I wonder if you have it stronger for, like, that because you don't have the visual component. You're, like, making up for that lack of sense in your imagination, so you have a stronger other imagined emotion or uh, sensations? I don't know. Kind of a thing that the brain does naturally i think so that would make sense logically. yeah i don't know that's Probably, my best but. guess because I, I have the sensations but i can't hold it like i couldn't imagine eating a whole apple and having the, the actual flavor i can get the strong sensation of salty sweet tart that kind of thing but like if it was something more bland like imagine i'm eating like a fettuccine pasta or something alfredo pasta it's like i can kind of taste it guys theory theory i'm scared of everything it's because i have aphantasia I can't imagine what anything looks like. So while I'm experiencing things, as soon as I have it in my head, it's like, oh, there's a ghost. But and then in my head, I'm like, what? What there's a? What does a ghost look like? Which one's a ghost? What's? And then in real life, my body is like, oh, we don't know. It could be anything because I don't know what it is. It's just a feeling, and the feeling is fear. 
that's interesting that's an interesting thought though maybe because if, if everything's always unknown to you because you can't picture it I, that's what is it what does a ghost smell like i imagine bad but it's hard <laughs> to say my brain just cannot wrap around a fantasia like i get it but i don't like it's hard for me to put myself in that situation because i can visualize so like i can describe something but then i kind of picture what i'm describing to not have that which just kind of confuses my brain it, it's just a dead end i can't get past Mm. that's interesting but to kind of wind this back to the the horror what's scary what's not i already wound it back beautifully to horror what do you mean why did you, I, he really did he really did yeah he did yeah. but we're getting back to the descriptions here that goes back to fear of the unknown we have unsettling things like the the smiles the naked the geometry seeing someone feeling someone peel apart your head and pulling that's that's unsettling that's that's very unsettling i think unsettling things can be scary i think jump scares are scary when they're used correctly mm -hmm. you can overdo it with jump scares where they just get annoying and you just get like frustrated by it i know we both played some horror games mark and I, bob you've probably experienced things movies shows whatever that have too many jump scares or watched people play it they get me every time never see it coming they get you but like eventually they become less scary and just more like fucking stop like i don't know i get that emotion with it where it's like enough can you do anything that's not just a jump scare that's cheap like, it gets cheap after a while yeah it's the same as like if someone shines a bright flashlight in your face they go you're gonna go ah why are you doing that it's, it'll make you react it's just not yeah. scare yeah eventually the horror part of it, it just becomes like a knee-jerk reaction and you get angry about it mm -hmm. but i think when used correctly jump scares are good i think tension building of tension both with sound with sight sometimes whenever we know something like a character doesn't like we know something bad is around but a character is just like waltzing through a park in the fog at night and it's like don't you know like the serial killers in here what are you doing why are you here and they're like oh my phone's ringing it's like don't make noise sometimes that tension can be scary because you you know something the other the other character in the show or movie or game or whatever doesn't that can add fear i think tension's a good thing i can't live with tension if i was if i was a more outspoken person i would absolutely be someone who yelled at movies because i whenever <laughs> whenever i'm in that situation where i'm watching something and i know and the character doesn't internally uh, my brain is just like don't why <laughs> but on the outside i'm just sitting there like sweating just like Ah, oh God. We need to have a group movie watch where we... <laughs> I know what's going to happen. Why is this stressing me out? I really do want you guys to see, once it's in a good state to actually watch all the way through, which is very close, I want you guys to see Iron Lung and just, like, gauge your reactions on it. I'm excited to see it. I'd be I'd be fascinated to see how you react to it. So that'd be fun. Yeah, I'd never so I didn't play the game and I haven't watched anyone play the game yet. So I, I'd be going in fresh unless I play it in the meantime. Oh, that'd be interesting. Okay. That's not a knock on the game. I just I've had a lot of things I do, and honestly, horror games or anything that's kinda like that, it's there's there's gotta be a reason for me to play, especially solo. Solo horror is not my vibe. Multiplayer horror, sure. But solo, I did Alien because I love the movies and the lore. And some of the other ones I played because I was just an idiot, but I don't like being scared at all. Don't enjoy it. All right. Boo! Ha. Got him. Nah, he's scared. You can see it. I, I want to... <laughs> I, I don't... I do and don't want to have the numbers effect now, though. Like, the numbers thing, the letters thing. No, I don't like that. That's not good. That seems bad. Well, that doesn't... That doesn't scare me. That's actually kind of fascinating. I I often just look at the light. I'm like, wow, that's weird. That's super weird. It's not really like, oh, oh the numbers! Oh, don't, don't walk towards it. When it's doing that, Mark, don't walk towards it. That means the portal's open. I've never tried that. I've never tried to get closer to it. Oh, don't! I'm gonna get closer to it. <laughs> we never heard from Mark again. He 
he woke up at three in the morning from a crazy dream and the numbers were in the door and he was like, oh, I'll try it. And then he disappeared. This is, this is fascinating. So if I do suddenly disappear for any reason, you all know why that I was not bullshitting about these numbers. FaceTime Bob on your way so he can see what happens. No, because if I do that, if I wake up too much enough to call someone, I think the numbers and letters would go away. It's more letters than numbers. So I don't know if numbers are scarier, but it's mostly letters. It's all bad. It's all, all a right, bad sign. Right. It's not good. I just got to jump in when there's Korean letters. You know, I got to like, wait, okay. Because there's very few <laughs> compared to all the English ones. So I got to like, all right, okay. Okay. Oh, it's the Korean portal. I know I'm okay now. It just seems like rare. Like I'm trying to land, you know, on the double zero. You know, It's the shiny version of weird number letter portal. Yeah, if I, if I got to go for something, I'm going to go for like the rare one. It can't be scary if I barely understand what they're saying. Unless that would be the death one is the rare one. It's like it mostly survive and then I, I'm aiming for the dead zone. I feel like there's a lot of speculation here about what would happen if you approach this door. All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you if I make it, you know. And if it, and if he disappears forever, we'll know what happened. Couldn't be anything else. It's definitely the numbers portal. Just make sure your affairs are in order before you go into the portal. Nah. All right, never mind. Fuck it. Make everyone else deal with it. Not my problem. I'm dead. Or in another dimension. Either way. Man, we went through this episode fast. I guess we did kind of, we went off tangent, but kind of like borderline and then kind of brought it back for a while. I have a lot of different movies and shows, things I wanted to talk about. So let me just shout out Edgar Allan Poe has some really scary poems and short stories. It's kind of mind boggling when you read something really short, how even something like that's not very long or like drags you in could still scare you. Uh, I'm not going to go into specific examples because I have too much to go over. Stephen King novels. I don't know if the first It movie, the, like the more recent ones, I don't know if it was super scary, but I really enjoyed the first It movie. Second one was okay. First one I thought was fantastic. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Haunting of Hill House. Shout out to those two shows. Haunting of Hill House might be one of my favorite horror things I've ever seen or been a part of. Horror movies, I had uh, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Psycho, The Exorcist, Shining. I did have Paranormal Activity and Alien on there. The Grudge and The Ring. Games, I think uh, we went over most of them that I had on my list. Outlast, Amnesia, Alien Isolation, Dead Space. I think the first Dead Space was pretty scary. Uh, FNAF, Silent Hill, Resident Evil. A couple of Resident Evils are scarier than others. But Resident Evil, Soma, Until Dawn. So shout out to some of those things that we didn't get to talk about. I also want to talk about something that's kind of like a fun little Catch-22 real quick. Catch-22 is one of my favorite like concepts. I read the book when I was in high school and I just love it. It's like whenever you are stuck in a loop and there's just not really a way to break the loop. Um, for example, in this experience the question would be in a horror movie did you see the monster or the villain if yes usually people would say the experience is cheapened because the monster can never usually live up to the hype or the fear the tension built up to its like release a few exceptions i think xenomorphs are pretty scary if the first time you encounter them but usually you like see the monster it's like oh that's what after that's not as good as i thought but if you don't see the monster it's like you feel cheated as an audience because it's like dude we never fucking even got to see what was getting them like we watched this whole two and a half hour fucking movie and they've been like hinting at this horrible thing we never got to see it well that's cheap and so the catch 22 is whether or not you see the monster it's cheap both ways so there's just no winning that particular thing i thought that was interesting because i hadn't considered it as a catch 22 but it kind of is because you really can't win whether you show the monster or not um man let me look at points here i agree Points? <laughs>
I don't know. I don't know if he can redeem himself that hard. I think you both contribute a lot. I think obviously Mark has more experience in the horror genre, but Bob, you got us on the whole like scary geometric dream. Yes, my scary geometric dreams I talked about. Hey, wait. Yeah, wait. What the fuck? Hey, wait a minute. No, no, I got the points for those. That's how that worked. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. That was Mark. Let me move those points back. No, no. Those were my points. You gave them to me already. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I see how it is. I think we should both get the same amount of points for that because we were both basically. I think you should shut up. Wait, you know that last thing you talked about? That's that's also called the Cloverfield effect. Oh, a Cloverfield. I didn't even think about that one. That's also a good one. Bob, points. Hey! I didn't keep super just like serious track of points and stuff, so everyone out there might be mad or whatever. But uh, I think it was a fun topic. I hope you guys enjoyed talking about it. I think there's a lot more to be said. But just trying to figure out what's scary, what makes something not scary. Because sometimes we'll play a game, watch a movie or a show, and it's like something won't be. And it's like, how did it fail? Why did it fail? Like, I don't understand. And then it's like, oh, now we kind of have more of an idea of why. It'd be fun to go on the flip side and talk about failed horror experiences too, I think. But alas... Um, Mark, you barely edged out Bob there by stealing back your dreams. So, Bob, yes. Mark, you are our winner. Yes. Fuck your dreams. Fuck your nightmares, Mark. That's all That's I have to say okay. about that. That's okay. That's Next fair. time, he's going to beat you. You can't beat me, so. Who knows what I could beat, but I'll try my best. Um, for everyone who believed in me, thank you. For everyone who voted against me, I will chase you down. I will find you wherever you sleep, wherever you hide, wherever you go. I will be behind you every step of the way. You think you're alone, I am watching you. And I am just waiting for the moment that you let your guard down because you didn't believe in me. But you better believe that I'm right behind you. You better believe. I gotta say, I think what put you over the edge for me is I actually felt very uncomfortable after listening to your nightmare about the camera and the brain peeling thing. Oh, it was a very uncomfortable nightmare, yeah. That, that was not a pleasant one. The actual feeling of horror I got from your description, I think, is just kind of what put you over the edge. Oh, good. Bob... Uh, before you give your lose speech, I do want to say I'm sorry. I, I hate, I try to always come up with topics I feel like everyone can kind of contribute to. I kind of forget that you don't do a whole lot of horror stuff. So I put you at a disadvantage and I apologize. Mm, you don't mean that. I'm not going to do a loser speech. <laughs> I learned something this past week that makes me laugh endlessly and I love it. There is a player in the NFL who plays for the Detroit Lions. He He's a defensive player, so he's always trying to sack the quarterback for anyone who's not a sports person. He tries to run and get the guy who gets the ball to begin the play. He runs like Waluigi, and it's amazing. <laughs> like legs out. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, he rushes the passer like he's Waluigi, and once if you ever see it, you can't unsee it, because he's literally like, <laughs> it's amazing. And I love every single clip I've seen. I don't care about losing this podcast because it's bullshit and horror is not even a real genre anyway. So whatever. Good topic, Wade. I'm watching him run right now. Is it the little arm thing he does? Yeah, it's his arms. <laughs> he runs like Waluigi. Shout out to Waluigi, the Detroit Lions defensive end or outside linebacker. Uh, Every time he gets a sack, he jumps up and stands over the quarterback and goes, Wah! <laughs> <laughs> You can't hear it on TV, but he does it, and it's really funny. If he leans into it and actually does that, my God, that would be awesome. <laughs> Let's get that guy mic'd up. <laughs> That's, you can't, all the all the mic'd up guys are usually like, oh, yeah, no, dude, bro. Yeah, that guy mic'd up. He's just like, wah, Ouija. <laughs> Detroit Lions, I know you like to watch and listen to Distractable here on Spotify, so uh, please oh, just pass that along, and please mic that player oh, yeah. up and get them to Waluigi. You don't have to give us credit. We just want to see it. We have the sway for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our reporter is down on the field. Who'd that be? Tyler. Tyler is now our reporter for Distractable. Tyler, go to Michigan. <laughs>
Tyler, you're going to you're going to Michigan. Tyler? Tyler, you're going to Michigan. All of our go my favorite sports team viewers and listeners, please also go over and make sure Tyler knows to go to Michigan and record Waluigi. Don't tell him anything else. Go to Michigan. Go to Michigan and record Waluigi. Let him know. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. Stay tuned for the next episode where Mark will host. And I guess we'll see you then. Uh, We have channels. Mark at Markiplier. Bob at MyScrum. I'm Minion777 or Lord Minion777. Merch. Do do we have merch? No. Well, no. No. One day. But until then, podcast out. Ooh.